Hi, this is Matthew Welsh for SpiritualMediaBlog.com, and I'm here today with Karen M. Black, author of Moondance, and perhaps the only MBA who's also a karmic astrologer. In 1996, Karen began to write in a curious, unstructured wave. What she wrote scared her so much that she abandoned her writing for five years. What she didn't know was that she had just written the climax of her debut novel, Moondance, which would be published more than ten years later. Moondance is a free-thinking, emotionally charged, highly addictive spin on love, life, and the nature of reality. Since its release in 2008, it's been recognized six times in three award programs for accomplishments in fiction, including general women's and visionary fiction. Karen, uh, welcome to the show, and it's, uh, it's good to have you on. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, first off, you uh, put the book away for five years. What uh, scared you so much? Well, I, I grew up kind of in a in a very traditional background and, and was funneled into the corporate world. Um, so a lot of how I thought was very logical and very precise, and, and I kind of prided myself on that. And so when I wrote the first, I'd say, 120 pages of Moondance, when I say the first few pages of Moondance, this actually ended up being in the middle of the book, the climax, as, as you mentioned um, in the intro, what ended up happening was um, I wrote that after I um, after a relationship broke up. So I was in a pretty vulnerable state when I wrote it, and it was also a relationship where there was a creative connection, so it was a very natural thing for me to write. So really, um, this very logical, pragmatic, methodical, um, calm kind of person that I thought I was was completely <laughs> broken open in this state, and I what was coming out of me was really something very foreign to me. It was very intense. It was very emotional. It was very um, sur- surreal in some ways. And I also didn't really have um, my belief system securely in place. I, 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 right now I believe in reincarnation, but then I couldn't have even articulated that. So it was all very frightening to me. I had absolutely no context you know, in my life to really relate it to, and that, that's what was scary. And I, and I, and I put that away just... Um, um, because I wasn't ready to deal with it at that time. So how did you uh, come to believe in reincarnation throughout this time period? Yeah. Well, I grew up, I've always had a fascination with the kinds of the things that I can't see. Um, and I, when I was a kid, I read a book called Life After Life by Raymond J. Moody, and it had to do with the white light and all that. So I, I'd been slightly, um, I, I knew a little bit about it, but not really a whole lot. So it was an idea that was in my mind, but I guess there was a part of me that hadn't really embraced it. Um, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a, I wouldn't say a Christian family, a lot of Christian traditions put it that way. We really didn't go to church um, too often, but um, I did, you know, have that traditional background, and there was no one around me that believed in reincarnation, so it was all very new. The reason, the way that I actually came to that was. Um, uh, in in 2002, um, again after you know a, another relationship broke up, I ended up taking a spiritual retreat, um, a five day retreat, and part of that retreat uh, was, or the prep work for that rather was um, reading about you know books like Conversation with God, um, yeah. and you know Brian Weiss's Many Lives, Many Masters. That was the first time I read that, and it was just like, it was just like. Um, a light bulb went on in my head, and, I, and by the by, the end of this retreat, and during which we 
you know, all the participants articulated their belief system, I it just it was just such a good fit for me. It was sort of like things that had I had considered all my life, but I had just never really put the stake in the sand and said, you know what, this is me, and it's very different from where I come from. It's very different from my parents, and it's very different from everyone that I knew at that time. Um, but it just really felt right inside, um, and and that's where it started. In the book, one of your characters does a past life regression. What do you uh, think about that? Yeah. Well, when I came out of it, the trust program, this retreat that I mentioned, when I came out of trust, I was very interested in my karma and my in my past lives, and I asked the instructor <clears throat> at the time, you know, I, I want to dig deeper into this. So she gave me the name of a woman um, who at the time was in Baltimore by the name of Linda Brady, and she's written a book called Discovering Your Soul Mission. She's a karmic astrologer, and she, uh, her husband does past life regression. So a few months after trust, I started to work with Linda quite intensively um, to learn about the astrology and using that particular tool um, as a way in, also worked with she and her husband to explore um, some of the past lives. So I have done past life work. Um, and, and I have been, you know, hypnotized, um, and I found it very, um, you know, a very healing process, and I found it's really um, been a positive tool and a very empowering tool in, in which to shift some of the, you know, more painful periods in my life and, and have a better understanding of my relationships and, and my family and myself. How does uh, how, how does past life regression work, and how does it how has it healed you? Like, are you hypnotized? Are you seeing a past life, and is, does that yeah. process sort of bring traumatic events yeah. to the surface, or how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think some people do when they're hypnotized; they do actually have visual images. I tend to um, pick them up in a fragmentary way. So, for example, I might have a dream that has a particular emotional resonance. Um, I may see a television show that has a theme, for example, that I particularly, um, all of a sudden, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel the emotion um, coming up. So I just pay attention to emotional indicators. Wherever there is a reaction to something that is bigger, maybe than, than normal, whether it be a positive reaction or a negative reaction or anger or irritation, all of those emotional indicators inside of me, to me, is is like a little puzzle piece that can kind of mirror back with uh mirror back to me parts of myself if you will and because I believe in past lives I put it in the context of well I'm you know if that person annoyed me maybe I was that person in another life or if I'm creating this situation maybe um you know it, it just leads me back to what I might have been in a past life and it just helps me reframe the whole thing so that it doesn't um it doesn't have the same kind of emotional hold um, over me anymore. So, for example, if something used to annoy me, it doesn't anymore because I have a different frame for it and I can just let go of it easier. So it's a process of letting go, um, which I found very, very helpful. Yeah, it does sound helpful. And what is what's the relationship between uh, past life progression and karmic astrology, and how is that related to moon dance? Yeah, um, well... Let's see there I guess there's a couple of different um a couple of questions there um, karmic astrology is is um not a predictive process it's I find it a very empowering way to look at your astrological chart so if you look at your chart and it, the chart is 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 information and really a gift from our souls if you will and it's got information uh, sorry i'm sorry well, what 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 is an astrological chart 
Oh, okay. Well, we'll go back there. Yeah, basically based on your um, date and time and place of birth, uh, you can t- take a look at where all of the various planets, the sun, the moon, um, you know, Mars, Venus, all the way to Pluto, uh, you know, ten or more planets are actually um, positioned in the sky. And based on your time of birth, it'll cast a chart uh, which really represents all areas of your life from your, you know, your personality to your home life to your work life and relationships and a whole bunch of different sections in between. So with this particular in- information, in a symbolic way, you can get um, ideas of the themes um, that uh, we've experienced in, in past lives. Uh, a lot of the work, for example, I can get ideas from my chart, but really the past life piece came together, you know, through, through dreams, through uh, my own emotional exploration, and then, you know, confirmed through the chart and deepened through the chart. And I just happened to work with um, uh, my my uh, mentor's um, husband who does past life regression. That was just part of you know, once we discovered what the theme was and its hold upon me, then I went to the past life regression. I was learning about karmic astrology when I was writing Moon Dance. So that's why one of my characters, as you know, uh, ends up exploring that, that world without giving away any of the of the plot details. Um, right. But really, when I, I was learning all about that, I was really, you know, reading a lot. I was really going through my own exploration um, of spirituality and, and learning about the karmic astrology while I was writing Moon Dance, and that's why a lot of those themes have, were pulled in to the plot. Um, yeah, well, that's, that was one thing I found really interesting about it. And another interesting aspect about your background was uh, you're an MBA and uh, have worked in the corporate world, and, and now uh, you do work as a karmic astrologer. Can you sort of describe... Um, that transition, I guess, from going from MBA to corporate world to karmic astrologer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I started working in 1987, which is when a recession hit, as a lot of people will remember. So um, even though I went into corporate expecting to climb the corporate ladder, uh, I, I what the reality was that um, the company I was with were selling off divisions and um, it really wasn't a very good, you know, economic time. And in, in fact, I worked for a couple of companies, um, two that actually went into bankruptcy, and it was really quite a tragic situation. So I learned very early that that you know, corporate, <laughs> in my case, corporate Canada um, wasn't going to take care of me. And I developed at that time, when I was very young, a little bit of a cynicism about that. So I had a sort of a love-hate thing with the corporate world. Um, in terms of, um, I guess, fast forward a number of years and in my personal life and, you know, exploring the spiritual aspect, when I, when I got to learn about the karmic astrology, and one of the things you can find using the karmic astrology is ideas um, uh, in a symbolic way about why I'm here. So my, my soul mission, if you will, or my life purpose, I learned through the astrology really does not have anything to do with business. I have a lot of karma in Capricorn, which is a very business-related sign. Um, And actually, so I've had lifetimes of being in that world. That's why I was attracted to it, but it's not my purpose. It's a tool I have. So as soon as I started to shift my perspective on, okay, well, business is not the be-all and end-all in the center of my life, but it's a tool I have. It's a way I can make a living so I can explore actually more the creative side and the emotional side of life, which is really about my purpose. And I do that through my writing, and I do that 
um, you know, in, 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 in my friendships and, and how I conduct my relationships, then I all of a sudden it kind of made sense and all of a sudden the business kicked in. So the interesting thing is I worked as a consultant while I wrote Moon Dance on the weekends. Um, or I, you know, I was on the holidays writing Moon Dance. I also did a lot of personal development work during that time, which, which my job, you know, which was fairly well paying, could fund. Um, so I really, when I stopped looking at corporate as the be all and end all, it actually started working for me really well, <laughs> and it started to really support all of my other interests, like the astrology, like the like the writing you know, all of that. So the the transition took place over a number of years. It took me three years once I went back to Moondance to, to finish writing it. Um, and then it took another year to um, discover an opportunity to work on my own. I still do work for corporate, but I work as a freelance um, consultant now. Um, and so I'm really very much um, in transition with this whole, um, with, with this whole um, uh, corporate versus creative um, thing. And I'm meeting more and more people like yourself, for example, that, that are doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. Any um, advice out there for writers who um, might be trying to balance um, their writing or their aspirations to be a full-time writer um, while also working full-time? Yeah. I would just, I would say, hmm, Oh, there's so many different ways to answer that. I would say, first of all, um, if you're writing something, write it for you first. Yeah. Write it for you first. Um, I mean, some people might have the, the risk tolerance and the and the guts to sort of you know jump off that and quit the job and all that. I, I, personally, I have a mortgage and you know I'm on my own and I couldn't really afford to to do that. Although I admire people that can that can certainly do that. I would say just focus on the work. Focus on on you know your passion for it. Um, if it scares you a little bit when you're writing it, it's actually a very good thing. Um, I would just really write it as if no one is ever going to read it in your first draft because there will be a time to think about promotion and there will be time to think about marketing and there will be a time to think about what this is going to mean in the big picture of your life um, and whether it's going to be something that makes you money or transitions your career or, or whether it's something that you just did out of love. So I would just focus on the work for sure. Absolutely. And um, one thing I really liked about uh, Moon Dance is it's uh, it's really sexy. In the jacket cover, <laughs> you describe it as addictive, intelligent, and unabashedly erotic. Moon Dance <laughs> explores life, love, and the nature of reality, and plunges the reader full force into the wake of an astonishing climax. Oh, did I write that? Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> well, after after I read that, that's when I said, "Okay, I'll I'll sit down and read this." <laughs> um, but I, it was it was that was a fun part of it because um, it was it made it more interesting and exciting. But um, yeah, there were some pretty sexy scenes in there. And was that a conscious choice? Yeah, you know what? Um, hmm. Yeah, it definitely was a conscious choice. A lot of the scenes, not all of them, but a lot of the core scenes that came out were pretty um, sensual scenes originally, and they scared me. That's part of why I put it away too. Um, and when I, first of all, I'm fairly comfortable in writing in that style because when you write about you know sensuality and sexuality, it's really writing about all of the senses all at once, which is challenging. Um, but at the same time, I find it very rewarding as well. 
And I also knew it might make Moondance a little bit, I don't know if controversial is maybe too big a word, but it might it would definitely make it a little different than what's out there. And I didn't want to let that go. I thought to myself, yeah, you know, I could take that part out, but it really, you know, t- takes away from something that really makes it very different. And I tried not to make it, you know, gratuitous. I, I What I wanted to do was really show another layer of my character's uh, life because I mean sensuality and sexuality is part of our lives and in this particular case the character was going through some relationship stuff so she does change you know she you know the way and how she feels about herself and that area of her life at the beginning of the book changes in the middle of the book and then changes again at the end so I kind of wanted to parallel that you know and, and make it a different layer uh, for my various characters also the book um, because I'm an astrologer the, the theme of the book is Scorpio because the character, her sole purpose, if you will, according to her chart, and I have charts for my characters, um, is in Scorpio. And Scorpio, if if somebody only knows one thing about Scorpio, it's about sex. <laughs> <laughs> so I just didn't want to shy away. I believe me in the editing process. I there were lots of discussions and lots of feedback and and. And I and I kind of you know I thought oh you know I really went mm, should I, is this too much, but I, I I wanted to leave it in and people agreed that um, it did you know make make the book very different and um, you know certainly compelling too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another uh, kind of compelling and fascinating aspect of your book I thought was the main character dialogues with her dead grandfather, who's her spirit guide. Can you believe in spirit guides? Yeah. You know what? I do believe in spirit guides, and I believe I have them, and I don't dialogue with my spirit guide other than it's a one-way thing. I I think I probably get, you know, answers in a symbolic way um, throughout my life. I do believe in that for sure. Um, I made it more literal um, in the book because she has... She has kind of inner dialogues with herself, and she also has, um, you know, one with this this relationship, um, her stepfather, who she's very close to. So, um, yeah, actually, that is something that I do personally believe in. And when you say symbolic, do you mean, like, through um, maybe intuitions or through, like, game, maybe watching yeah. a show or reading a book that resonates with yes, you? I mean, absolutely, Yeah. All of the serendipitous things that can happen to us that, that if we choose, we can pay attention to that I think that, um, you know, my guides, among other things, you know, have something to do with. I, I, I choose to believe that anyway. Yeah. And what's happening with Moondance right now? Mm. Well, I'm selling it direct. Um, I've made the made the decision not to go through a distribution system um, just for uh, profit reasons because, as you know, as an author as well, as soon as you get into, you know, Amazon and bookstores and such, there's huge discounts involved. I have a limited budget for publicity, so I'm doing what I can on the web and connecting with folks like yourself and build, building a presence up that way. Um, I've entered a few contests and, of course, done well with those. And I have an agent, and an agent is out um, selling the rights uh, to Moondance um, as we speak, so we're just waiting to hear back from some folks. So I'm just sort of seeing how you know how it all unfolds. I was contacted by an independent book sh- bookstore actually in New York not too long ago who saw one of the one of Moondance's wins and was interested in reading it. So it's coming together very slowly, but you know I'm I'm encouraged because readers seem to really really like it and they seem to 
you know, I hear from people, oh, my God, I was up till 2 in the morning reading that darn thing, you know. <laughs> and and to me, that's just the best thing that I could hear. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. It's a really fun, it's really fun to read. Um, and how can uh, how can listeners get a copy of it? Oh, they can get a copy um, directly from my website, and I, I basically I'm the chief cook and bottle washer, and I'm told I'm faster than Amazon. So um, I'm happy to send um, send folks a copy directly, and they can also get a PDF uh, copy if they um, prefer. Uh, and they can also get free chapters from my website too. Um, just what's your them. What's your website? It's uh, www.karenmblack.com. Cool. And um, are you uh, writing any other books? Yeah, actually, I just started in the last couple of months, and I um, uh, I I, bas- I wrote Moon Dance to in a way that I want to bring some of the characters back, and um, I know the themes, the karmic themes that I want to uh, explore, and so I'm starting to flesh out. Um, my characters and uh, I'm writing again and it's it's uh, it's been probably a couple years since I've been writing so it feels really good and I'm back in that scary blank page kind of place <laughs> but it's all good it's all good uh, will uh, any of the characters that died in Moondance come back that's a very good question <laughs> having read the book yeah you betcha yeah I'm not exactly sure the how or what but I did I, I did go in with that with that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that was gonna happen for sure. <laughs> cool. Well that has my interest Pete, too. <laughs> well, uh Karen, I thank you so much for uh doing this interview with me. Thank you. Mediablog dot com. And uh when you write your follow up book, you'll have to come back and let us know what that's about. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I look forward to that. And I would encourage people to go to her website and uh, check out Moondance and read it and uh, see what else you find there. Cool.